Welcome to Inspiration to Publication with your host and award-winning editor, Caroline Smith. Now, here's Caroline. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Inspiration to Publication. I'm your host, Caroline Smith. Thanks so much for joining me today. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper and talk about fiction writing. Fiction is where most people that come to me, they have book ideas for fiction. And many of them have ideas for nonfiction as well. So don't worry, those of you who are writing nonfiction in children's books, we'll dedicate some episodes to those genres as well. But fiction is where we really kind of get out of our own heads and into this fantasy and we can create fiction. And it's a lot of fun to explore where we're going to take these different ideas. Nonfiction can also be fun, depending on the topic. But fiction gives us the fantasy that is easy for us to read, that takes us out of our reality and provides that escape. Not only to those of us who write fiction, but also to those of us who read fiction. So I'm an avid fiction reader And I love literary classics as well as modern fiction, but I also really enjoy romance novels and I write romance novels and I also edit romance novels. So romance is really kind of in my wheelhouse. And in case you didn't know, or I haven't mentioned it before, romance is the highest grossing genre in all of publishing. So we're going to use some examples from romance because, again, it is something that I feel like I know a little bit about, some of the tropes that are in there. We're not going to explicitly spend time on romance, but it does give us that really good kind of framework that we can use in order to kind of have a loose outline for our books. Now, those of you that know me or have listened to other podcasts know that I'm not a huge fan of the outline style for myself as a writer. That doesn't mean that if it works for you that you shouldn't use it. But what I mentioned in a previous podcast is that only about 30% of the population thinks in a linear fashion that allows them to have outlines be the most beneficial tool for them to use when they're writing. The rest of us tend to think in a kind of scatterbrained spiderweb pattern, and we make disconnections more than connections in terms of being orderly. So what I want to do for you today is give you part one of writing fiction, which I'm going to call the five W's. And this is going to be really easy to remember because it's the who, the where, the when, the why, and the what. So keep that in mind as we move forward, and I really hope that you get a lot out of this episode. You may want to take some notes. I will try to go slowly, but we're going to cover a lot of information in the 30 minutes that we have together today. And in part two, we're going to go even more in depth, and I'm going to give you some concrete ways to use the examples that I'm talking about today so that you can really get the most out of your time writing. So before you start writing fiction, a really good place to start is obviously with an idea. You want to have that spark of inspiration that has kind of led you to this fictional world that you want to create. Now, at this point, you don't have to know everything about everything in the world that you're creating, but you are going to want to get to a point where you know everything about everything. And we're going to talk about that more in the next part of this podcast, But very superficially, we want to have the characters as the who, the setting is going to be both our where and our when, the plot is going to be the why, and sometimes the how, but that's not a W, so we're not really including that, 
And then the why is going to be the theme of our book and also could potentially include our tropes. And I'll talk more about tropes in a little while. But these are the five W's that we really want to think about before we even sit down to write. And what you also want to have in in your kind of toolbox before you start writing is some kind of idea of what's going to happen. Usually we don't sit down and start writing fiction until we do have an idea of what's going to happen. Maybe you want to write a dystopian novel. Maybe you want it to be a young adult thriller. Maybe you want it to be a true crime novel that's based on historical fiction or fact. Any of those things are fine and any of those genres are appropriate. But you really do want to have an idea of where you're writing and and for whom you're writing. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to go back and listen to one of my very first podcasts starting at the beginning um, that talks about target audience, value proposition, and purpose, because that framework will also help you with this. But even if you don't have your target audience, value proposition, and purpose just yet, and you just have an idea, that's fine too. But at some point before you really get into writing, because those three things play such a huge role in the way you write and for whom you write, I do want you to go back and listen to that episode again to just remind yourself of that. So having a summary, what does that mean? This doesn't mean five pages on what's happening in the book. This means a short, sweet, to the point, here are my characters, here's the conflict, here's what happens. You don't even have to resolve anything in that. You just need to have a few sentences on your idea and where you want to go with it. You don't even have to have character names yet. You could just say John and Jane Doe at this point. That's really not the point. You could spend hours looking in baby book baby name books for your inspiration. That's where a lot of authors get ideas for their character names, by the way, is from baby name books. Um, You could spend hours doing that, but right now that's really not that important. And also you might find that that changes. You could change your character name halfway through your writing process. So the names at this point really are not that important. But focus on the idea that you have, and then you're going to build a world from there. I talk a lot in my target audience spiel that I give about imagining your target audience as a bullseye. And I want you to do the same exact thing when you're thinking about writing your book. You really want to start with those core features and then build your world out from there. Now, when I say world, I don't just mean science fiction and fantasy. I mean whatever fictional world that you're creating for these characters, because this is your world. And there may be things that happen in your world that don't happen in real life. And that's exactly why it's fiction. This kind of reminds me of Bob Ross when he talks about, you know, creating happy little trees and his painting and it's your painting and you can do whatever you want. So basically what I'm saying is I'm going to help you provide the framework and you're going to create things from there because it is, it's your world. We're going to kind of collaborate on this together. This is what I do with my author coaching clients, but you take it and make it your own. So let's start with After we've created the summary, what do we want to do from there? We do want to have an idea of the characters. Who are these people? What's their background? Now, we are going to get very in-depth with this in the next episode, so stay tuned for that. But really, I want you to think about just generally who do these people need to be. Maybe you have 
um, somebody who is former military. If you're writing a dystopian novel, he's former military. He needs to be able to know how to survive in this new dystopian world that's fallen apart, right? So who would you pair him with? Well, he would probably need to be paired with a strong woman. And this isn't just for romance necessarily. This would be you know, any kind of novel that you're creating where you have characters that build off one another. One is stronger, one is weaker. They need to have complementary traits to one another. They need to have opposing traits to one another. So these are all of the things that you are going to kind of need to think about in this world building and in the summary that you provide. So think about all of those things. And probably you already have a pretty good idea of the superficialities of that, even if you don't have the specifics. So start with your characters after you've created your summary. These are going to encompass the who. Also think about how many characters you may need to have in order for this plot to be workable. That's going to be pretty important too. Are you going to have just one main character who's the protagonist? Are you going to have someone that compliments them and have a love interest? Are you going to leave that completely out of it and just do a story on friends, i.e. The Walking Dead? Um, how is the story going to conceptualize itself? What are the relationships between these people that you're creating? So that's a really good place to really think about your characters. So sit and give them some time and devotion when you're working on kind of this very loose creation of your novel. The next thing that you want to think about is twofold. This is the setting and our W's here are where and when, obviously for setting, right? We need to know where and we need to know when. So if this is a dystopian novel, is it taking place in a 2019 that has seen some kind of nuclear fallout? Is it taking place 20 years out from the nuclear fallout? Is it set in the 1960s? when they're, you know, we're worried about nuclear fallout back then, when is this novel taking place? And where is this novel taking place? All of those things are going to be critically important to not only character development, but also dialogue and plot. So we really need to think and give really critical attention to the setting. Maybe it only takes place in one room. If you've ever read the play Waiting for Godot, which is one of my favorites, um, and there's a surprise twist at the end, then you know that it basically takes place in one room and the characters really don't go anywhere else. They're just sitting there and talking. And it's a really compelling way to create the scene. Um, it also feels very isolating. So think about where this is taking place. What do you want to evoke with your characters? You may live in a rural area, but maybe this needs to take place in suburbia somewhere. What is your familiarity with suburbia, if that's the case? Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you live in a downtown urban area and you want it to take place in a rural area. What do you know about the ins and outs of that kind of a setting? What do you know about the daily life and the people? Because if you are going to create something that you don't know, then my advice would be to at least visit a place like what you're trying to create, if you can, if that's at all possible, and then go from there. Because what you don't want to have happen are readers that are reading your book who live in those places and they're going, this isn't accurate at all. And it is fiction, so it doesn't necessarily need to be accurate, but it does need to be close. 
And I will tell you that I have read books before. I lived in right outside of Seattle for a little while, and I read a book that took place in Seattle, and it was so funny to me because the whole time the author was talking about how it was sunny in Seattle all the time and people walked around wearing suits and you know, they dressed really nicely. And that is not the vibe of Seattle at all. And so it completely took me out of the book because I kept thinking to myself, clearly, this author has never been to Seattle. So those are the types of things that you really want to pay attention to in your setting. Now, I'm not saying that you need to spend a ton of time on the setting. And if your book takes place in New Zealand and you live in Atlanta, I'm not necessarily saying that you need to go traipsing off to New Zealand. But I do think that it would be worth your time to do a little bit of research on that place where you want this setting to happen so that you are familiar with it. You are going to be just as familiar with your characters as you are with the setting at the end of the day. So definitely take your time in researching and understanding. Now that doesn't mean to research at the expense of writing the book. We've talked about that a little bit in a previous episode. I don't want you to spend a year researching and forget to write, but researching should be a component of your writing. So if you need to dedicate a day to that or a few hours to that before you start writing, then do that, but don't let it become a paralyzing aspect of not writing or an excuse for not writing the rest of your book. So be very familiar with your setting, um, but don't get lost in your own setting so much so that it prevents you from writing. The next thing that I want you to think about is the theme. Now I'm going to talk about this a little bit before I talk about plot and theme really does fit into both character and setting as well because if we don't really know what our theme is then we're not really going to be sure how to create our plot so what is our theme let's say if we're writing a romance novel it's love conquers all right that's pretty generic and it's kind of cliche but that's okay it can still be a theme if you're writing a dystopian novel maybe it's about survival or how people survive after um you know, a nuclear winter or something like that, or coming together as a family or creating a family where you've had none. The possibilities really are endless. This also will feed into your value proposition and your purpose in some ways when you do those exercises. So think about what your theme is going to be. What do you want the reader to walk away understanding? Now, there's room to say that in fiction is just entertainment, but fiction can give you real feelings. Um, things like The Art of Racing in the Rain is a very emotional book. It's become one of my favorites, but it's incredibly emotional. And I walked away from that thinking that is kind of a love conquers all situation, right? Um, and it's just a very sweet and very emotional book, but it wasn't just entertaining. It was deeply emotional. And so fiction does have the ability to be emotionally compelling, even if it's just escapist writing that we're kind of trying to get away from the rest of the world in. We still want to be able to convey emotion through our writing and make it compelling. So that's why I want you to spend some time on your theme. You don't need to spend too much time on your theme. Um, just enough time that you have some semblance of, of an idea of theme. And that can change. Now, any of these things can change. Your characters can change. Your setting can change. Your 
plot can change. All of these things are malleable. And if that changes while you're writing, don't try to stick with the thing that you had before. Just go with it. Change as your book changes. Because that's going to be something that I see a lot of writers kind of hampers the writing process when their characters are trying to take the book one way and they just want to stick with what their initial thought of it was and they're not really allowing themselves to be flexible in the writing process. But that happens. Our characters speak to us and they tell us where they need to go. And so we need to be open to that shift. So if any of these things you have, this is why I call it a loose outline and and kind of a loose um, creation because all of these things are changeable. So think about that. Tropes are something that are not necessarily just limited to the romance world. But these are things like in the romance world, we might say, um, you know, enemies to friends. That's a trope, right? Or enemies to lovers or second chance romance. Um, Anything that is kind of a quote unquote cliche that you would see. But those stories, the reason they're tropes and, you know, they kind of provide a template, if you will, is because we're used to seeing them. And we see this all the time in fiction, not just in romance. Um, You know, it could be the hero's journey. That's a trope um, where the hero, you know, if you've read anything about Joseph or by Joseph Campbell or done any research or heard about the hero's journey, you know that typically there's some kind of quest that happens. The hero leaves. He has friends. There's some kind of magic involved usually. um, And he has a mentor and he has a very close knit group of people that help get him out of scrapes. And then he good versus evil happens. And then he goes home. That's typically the hero's journey. And this most assuredly is seen in Harry Potter and Star Wars. Um, But those are the tropes of the hero's journey and the quest. So they're tropes for a reason. They work for a reason because we love a good redemption story and we love a story of good versus evil. And so those are the things that are marketable. And you don't necessarily want to play only into the marketability, but you do want to consider marketability because if you're writing something that's completely off the beaten path, then it's going to make it hard for publishers to sell in the future. So think about that always in the back of your mind, but don't let that be a leading factor. Okay, so that's tropes and theme plot. The biggest thing that I want you to think about in terms of plot is what is the conflict? You don't even have to be able to resolve the conflict early on and in this question, but what is the conflict? What is the problem that the characters are facing? Why is this a problem for them? So if we're thinking about um, The Walking Dead, let's use that as an example again, or zombie apocalypse or a dystopian future, the conflict could be man versus wild, right? Or man versus nature. That could inherently be both a theme and the conflict because you have zombies or the world that's trying to chew up and spit out man, right? So how does man overcome that problem? That would be um, something that would lead up to the conflict, right? It may be a conflict that starts in the very beginning of the page and the conflict could continue to batter the protagonist, but how does he win the day or not? 
Um, you know, there are definitely stories that are like that too. So keep that in mind as far as plot. What you want to have happen is what we call a rising action. I'm tapping into your 11th and 12th grade literature in high school right now, um, is we want a rising action. We want a lead up to the climax. This is kind of what drives the plot. And you want to be careful of tangents that deviate from the plot. And to me, if you've ever built a house or built anything, you may or may not know what a chalk line is. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to build my home. And so there were a lot of chalk lines, especially when we were doing the flooring. And so what I want you to think of is the chalk line is your plot. And it is movable, but you want to try to stay on that chalk line as much as possible to keep a straight and narrow path. We don't want to deviate from that and go off on tangents too much because it's really going to be confusing for your reader. So try to have one main plot. That doesn't mean that the character can't encounter things along the way um, that lead up to that one main plot, but you want to stay up kind of walking uphill on that path that things get harder and harder and harder and harder and harder for your character until we get to the climax. And then we have what's called the denouement or the falling action after that. And then we get to the end of the book. If there's so many different charts about this online, um, as far as plotting, but really try to stick with the path that your character is taking. What does that look like for them? What hardships are they going to encounter? Because if there's no conflict, then it's really hard to have a book that means a whole lot to people. There has to be something that the main character is fighting against, whether that's another person, whether it's the elements, it could even be themselves, but there needs to be some kind of conflict. Otherwise, there's not going to be a whole lot of book um, to go around. So we've talked about characters, they're the who, we've talked about setting, they're the where, that's the where and the when, plot is the why, and theme and trope is the what. So those are the five W's. Now, again, I've mentioned before that I would love for you to spend 15 minutes a day in pursuit of your book. And I really still hold to that. That 15 minutes could be spent researching setting, could be spent thinking about your characters. It doesn't have to be spent writing necessarily, but I would love for you to spend at least 15 minutes a day on your book, in pursuit of your book. That could be marketing as you get further along in the process. It could just be time spent meditating, praying, or doodling in a notebook, thinking about what you want to do. But set a timer and devote that 15 minutes to your book every day. It's going to take you a lot farther in the process than you think it will. And you may even get sucked in and have to do an hour or two. And that's totally fine. So just make sure you've got some padding on the other end. That if you do get sucked into your research or your writing, that you have the ability to continue to follow through with that. Sometimes you won't and you just jot something down in a journal and then you come back to it later. But at least you know that every day you have 15 minutes or 30 or 45 or an hour, whatever you need it to be. But 15 minutes should be the absolute minimum that you're spending on your book every day. All right. So we've covered a lot today. We're going to go into this even more in depth in part two, where I'm going to give you the five stages of writing fiction. And I hope that all of this is helpful to you. And I would love to have you reach out to me if you're having any problems with this. But 
before you do that, listen to the next episode next week. And that way you'll really be able to get a lot more out of this. And also for right now, my online course is available for $99. It's a ridiculously cheap discount that I'm offering to you as a listener. And it's available now at inspirationtopublication.com. So you can find that there. You can also find a link to it on my website, which is carolinesmith.biz. So in that, I go even more in depth in these modules that I've created for you. And you have homework assignments and you have all kinds of things. And that will enable you to move forward in your writing process as well and help you create these characters. And probably I'll eventually do a course that's only dedicated to fiction but that will at least help you get started. So please reach out to me if you have any questions whatsoever. Happy writing. Thank you for listening to Inspiration to Publication with your host, Caroline Smith. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Inspiration to Publication online course. Loyal listeners can get $50 off by entering the code PODCAST. Find more information in the links to the course at carolinesmith.biz.